Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. To trade or not to trade, that is the question. This is the Believe in Trailblazers show. The Portland Trailblazers have won the World Championship. On Believe Podcast Network. Boom, chakalaka! Portland's number one sports podcast network. Now. The Blazers win in four overtime. 140-137. Here's your host, Jordan Schultz. Well, it's been a disappointing season in Rip City so far with lots of new faces and then three unexpected injuries thrown into the mix. It's been an uphill battle for the team and for fans. Let's be honest, all right? It's been tough at points. Our expectations were so high coming in off their first Western Conference Finals appearance since the all-famous collapse back in 2000 against the Lakers, uh, holding a 16-point lead against the Lakers going into the, well, about 10 or 12 seconds uh, before the fourth quarter, and then Brian Shaw hitting that three, taking it down to 13. But but the point is, uh, that was the last taste of the Western Conference Finals the Blazers got before last season, 19 years ago. And now we are dealing with some struggles. And now at this point, already in the season, we're all left at a fork in the road with different ideas, I'm sure, on which direction the Blazers should go. So let's try and figure it out together. They currently sit at 15 and 21. They're in the middle of a five-game East Coast road trip right now. They had lost five straight uh, before finally getting a win against the Washington Wizards this week, 122 to 103. So where do you think your favorite team should go from here? That's right, Jordan Schultz sitting in with you for episode one of the Believe in Trailblazers show on the Believe Podcast Network. Believe is Portland's number one sports podcast network. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? So let's dig into the topic of the week. To trade or not to trade? Should the Blazers bring someone in to help with the stretch run for 2020? Or should they lean on what they've got and try and plug the holes with maybe another free agent? Well, there's a few things that you have to ask yourself If you're a Blazers fan and as far as bringing people in, who are their options? And then why do the Blazers need someone? Well, the simple, simple answer to why is all the injuries. Rodney Hood, torn Achilles. He's out for at least a year at this point. Scalabissier being evaluated again after the MRI a week ago was inconclusive, which that is not good on a non-contact injury. Uh, when an MRI does not show enough to be seen, he's probably going to be out a bit. And then, of course, you're looking at Zach Collins out as well. You're still waiting for Yusuf Nurkic to come back. So the simple answer as to why they need somebody is all the injuries. Uh, they have feelers out right now on a few different guys. So let's break down uh, possible trade acquisitions the Blazers could make. First, Andre Drummond from the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Woj, ESPN's basketball Guru, when it comes to rumors and deals, Adrian Wojnarowski, Detroit and Atlanta. uh, He says Detroit and Atlanta have been engaged in talks on a trade centered on Andre Drummond. Uh, That is according to league sources. Uh, No deal is imminent, but Detroit is talking to Atlanta and several other teams about Drummond. That's according to sources. Of course, no doubt Portland in on those conversations. Drummond's pretty good. 17 and a half points a game, almost 16 boards, 1.8 blocks. 
He does make $27 million, just like Hassan Whiteside. It's worth mentioning. Uh, um, so if you were looking at some kind of scenario where the Blazers could acquire Andre Drummond, as far as salary would go, the you know the straight swap would work, but who knows if Detroit is trying to get something out of their prize in Andre Drummond. He's the second highest paid guy on their roster after Blake Griffin. And you, you at that point, if the Blazers did acquire Andre Drummond, you know, it, it would be a presence in the middle um, that you would get instead of having Hassan Whiteside. But, but that doesn't make much sense to me. So this first option that they're throwing out there right now in the media and some rumors that have been rolling around, it just doesn't seem like a real legitimate fit for Portland. Plus Hassan seems to like it in Rip City. And he seems to be fitting in. And honestly, I, I like that attitude. I know that sometimes he can he, he can go, you know, a little emotional, either really, really high or really, really low. But I like that emotion. And I think that that's something that the Blazers need, especially during these rough times. Uh, the second big name, I think we've all talked about it or at least heard about it locally here in the Portland area and beyond. If you're a Blazers fan listening in Tennessee, I mean, seriously, we got listeners everywhere and I appreciate it, but I know I live in the Portland metro area in Oregon and a lot of people have been talking about Kevin Love. Uh, he, well, maybe more so his agent has quietly expressed interest to come back home to Portland, the Lake Oswego native, back on December 10th. This was according to the ringer's Kevin O'Connor. Uh, he said that Love would prefer to be traded to the Portland Trailblazers. Numbers are solid this year. If you want to look at what Love would bring, almost 17 points, 10.5 boards, 37% from three, standard, all right? Uh, but the big deal about Kevin Love is that he's obviously not happy in Cleveland. Since LeBron James left, he's kind of the centerpiece that they got talent-wise, and they've been in sort of, uh, we don't know what we're doing, rebuild mode. And <laughs> Kevin Love recently lashing out at Cavaliers GM uh, Kobe Altman after shoot-around. This was earlier in the week. This was according to a couple of sources from The Athletic. Love expressing, this is a quote, expressed displeasure and disgust with the organization in a tirade in front of players, coaches, and front office members. That's what sources told the authors of this article. And this incident basically builds on top of a $1,000 fine Love received for actions on the bench during a loss to Toronto New Year's Eve. So already rumblings of trouble in Cleveland. Love said he was angry about how selfish the first team was playing, according to sources, and asked a coach to take him out of the game. This was New Year's Eve against Toronto so he could calm down. He walked away from the huddle during the third quarter uh, during a timeout there and was seen smacking chairs in anger. And People noting this isn't the first time Love has been angry with the organization. I'm saying these rumblings because of trouble because it's really true. It's been brewing for a while. He reportedly raised his voice at the GM late last season. And when threatened with a fine, I love this response. He says, go ahead. I have plenty of money. That That's just fantastic. I, Kevin Love just kind of zinging the GM there. Great. Uh, Love in the second season of a four-year, $120 million deal. Uh, the numbers would be tough as far as a swap, because basically that, that's $30 million each season. Damon CJ already make more than a third of the team's total salary. Uh, they are at near $150 million total for the salary cap. Whiteside and Kent Bazemore, the highest uh, paid after that, $27 million. 
If you look at the salary cap and then 19 million, respectively, Whiteside at 27, Baseborn at 19. And then the Blazers wasting 5 million bucks total uh, to three guys no longer in the NBA. Anderson, Verishal, Festus, Azili. Hey, great. Uh, so you've basically got money that is preventing a deal for Kevin Love because you would have to give up quite a few pieces. The Cavaliers are going to want something good for Kevin Love. They're not going to be taking second-tier offers, and you'd have to give up somebody like Hassan Whiteside to make the deal work salary-wise. Uh, they do have like a $3 million trade exception or salary exception or injury exception, I believe it is, after the uh, Rodney Hood Achilles injury, the NBA granted the Blazers that, but that's not really, told you a little bit, but not much covering that extra Kevin Love salary, but that's not really the point. It's talent that Cleveland is going to be after. And just looking at Portland's roster outside of younger guys like Anthony Simons or Nasir Little, I don't think many teams in the NBA are going to be looking around to see who's on the Blazers roster that's worthy of being included in a deal with somebody like Hassan Whiteside. And then the third option, really quickly, uh, Danilo Gallinari, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder stretch three. They definitely need another score, the Blazers do, but I I'm not sure that I really like that acquisition. I don't want to talk much about it because I don't think it's going to happen. I think they would have to pay a steep price. It would basically be like a Bazemore swap with somebody like Anthony Simons and or Nasir Little. You know, you'd have to include that kind of talent or a really good draft pick. I just don't think... It's going to happen. So really nothing serious developing so far on that front. I'm really hopeful that Neil Olshay looks at the free agent market on top of trades. Guys like Ryan Anderson are out there. He got released uh, from the Houston Rockets like a month into the year. Uh, Joakim Noah is out there. I think that could be a great addition for the Blazers down low. Uh, they need something after all these injuries. So is it worth the Blazers' time to try and trade for somebody at this point? Or is it better for Neil O'Shea to wait for the return of Yusuf Nurkic? Possible reports saying maybe a little bit after the All-Star break. That is not confirmed. Just rumblings out there. We don't know if that's true. I mean, so could Neil O'Shea just kind of ride the current roster into a possible 6, 7, 8 seed? Or should he go out and get somebody? I personally think that there are a lot of positives that you can lean on so far this year. We've been talking about guys that they could co get, but let's kind of focus on what they have right now. I mean, Carmelo Anthony, that addition has just been a shot in the arm for Portland. And I don't think they'd have 15 wins. Not even think they obviously wouldn't without Carmelo so far this season, 16 and a half points so far, 41% from three point land in 21 games with Portland, and he's got at least a handful of games with 20-plus points now. Vintage Carmelo Anthony showing up at times. The future Hall of Famer really making an impact in Portland, and that has been something that they can lean on. I hope that he stays with Portland the next year or two because it's obvious that he can still play in the NBA. And uh, recently making uh, just props for Melo, making the top 10 in forwards in the Western Conference All-Star voting, that first round got released. Pretty cool and much-earned for Melo. And speaking of much-earned accolades, where the hell can I get his jersey? They need to get a ton more of those double-zero Melo jerseys made yesterday. Specifically, the white association version is the one that yours truly is clamoring after. Really want that Melo jersey. They've been hard to find, kind of... Weird sizes. I'm an XL myself, so it hasn't really been easy. Maybe like a, an off black or 
kind of the cream colored. I love the Rip City cream colored jerseys, by the way, but just kind of random, you know, like a small cream colored jersey that's been available. Haven't seen much of the mellow jerseys available for the Blazers. So fans hit me up on Twitter on the Air Jordan with an O if you've noticed that problem as well. I, I really think that that's a big deal. I think there's a lot more Blazers fans, me included, that want to get their hands on a Carmelo Anthony Blazers jersey. So uh, another positive on top of Melo so far, just Dame being Dame, you know, he's scoring 27 points a game, one of the best seasons scoring-wise of his career, seven and a half assists, normal three-point percentage, 35% uh, from deep. He's the third highest all-star vote-getter for the Western Conference so far as far as guards go in that first round. So, so there's things that they can lean on. CJ's been all right for the Blazers, but there are tons of issues to highlight. I mean, too many. One of them, not passing the damn ball, uh, at least besides Damian Lillard. The players just aren't. Portland dead last in the NBA in assists with just under 20 a game. And that could be a product of maybe some of these guys not making as many shots as they did last year. Because I've noticed that there's been certain situations where you you would expect a three from like Amino or Harkless in the corner, you know, on like a second chance or on a really big basket to go in. And those same type of situations this year with maybe Mario Herzonia stepping in with, with Rodney Hood, he was hitting a lot of threes. He actually had the highest three-point percentage in, I think it was like 50% before he got injured uh, in the NBA through however many games he played, but there were just so many shots that didn't go in for Portland this year. And it's just been so tough to see those big point swings that could have gone their way and did go their way last year that could have gone their way this year that just aren't. So maybe that's kind of an issue with with the assist numbers being so low. That's just a theory of mine, but they are dead last. And I think that the lack of passing the ball and obviously lack of defense as well are huge issues. Now you look at like their blocks. Of course, they have Hassan Whiteside on their roster. So you think, oh, well, they're, they're blocking a lot of shots. Why is their defense so bad? Well, an entirely new rotation of guys is going to be an issue. Myers Leonard, Aminu, Harkless, Jake Lehman, Seth Curry, Ennis Cantor, Evan Turner, all gone. Just terrible defense by younger players trying to learn the reins in the NBA at this point. Uh, and Anthony Simons is great. He's been a spark plug for the Blazers at points this season. And same with Scalabissier. And it's just terrible that he's gone down. Nasir Little, uh, you know, maybe needs a little bit more experience. I can tell that uh, Terry Stotts is a little bit hesitant to use him in uh, big game situations unless he has to. And honestly, at this point, he's kind of had to because he's had to go so deep in the bench that Gary Trent Jr. is getting a lot of playing time. And he's actually stepping up and doing well. Uh, for the Blazers in key moments also. So with all these young guys, instead of uh, basically almost an entire list of savvy veterans, you know, maybe Jake Lehman uh, being the youngest guy on that list at uh, three or four years at that point in the league. So not as, not as experienced as Myers or Harkless or Ennis Cantor. But the point is when you trade out a set of experienced guys like that for the young guys that the Blazers have now, it's going to be tough. That These are legitimate explanations for why the Blazers are 15 and 21. And at this point, it's beyond a slow start. We're close to the halfway point of the season. So there is a reason to ask, how would an acquisition of maybe Andre Drummond or Kevin Love help Portland this season and beyond? Ultimately, 
I'm not convinced that it does help them enough. I'm not convinced you give up Hassan Whiteside or Anthony Simons. Hassan is in the last year of his contract, uh, but the Blazers can't take on any salary, so they're going to have to lose something significant to get Kevin Love or Andre Drummond or Danilo Gallinari. I don't think the Blazers need to make a trade right now. The options aren't great, and it would make sense long-term to hold on to what you have and let it develop unless you're getting just a real sweetheart of a deal. Like maybe flip Hassan's expiring contract and nothing else for Kevin Love except like a draft pick. I would make that deal, okay? But then that creates a massive hole on defense in the middle since the Blazers would then lose all those blocks and that presence Whiteside has offered and those exciting plays that he's been giving Rip City all year. So I champion Terry Stotts to continue to make do with what he has. As frustrating as it's been for Blazers fans to watch some nights, I think it's their best option. And, and trust me, I say that gritting my teeth. Injuries to Scal, to Zach, Rodney, just in a tough spot this year, fans. It's not an easy decision for Neil O'Shea and company to make. And, and to be totally genuine, I'm not sure there's an obvious correct decision here. I don't think either way you could be right or wrong. Unfortunately, the Portland Trailblazers must play the hand that they've been dealt. And in 2019, 2020, so far that it's basically been like a pair of twos. You ever get a pair of twos at the poker table? You don't win with them very often. And when you do, the circumstances have to be near perfect. That's been the Blazers season so far. All right, one cool feature that I would like to do uh, each week on the podcast is something called This Week in Blazers History. We're going to take a minute to acknowledge a historical player or moment important to the team from around that week. This edition is particularly easy. Actually, about a week ago, former 19th overall pick of the 2001 NBA draft for the Blazers, forward Zach Randolph announced his retirement. Zebo wore number 50, actually for every team he played for, played in Portland until 2007. And in that time, 2001 to 2007, he took over the power forward position after the Blazers traded Rashid Wallace for Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Theo Ratliff, and Dan Dickow, if you remember that swap. Uh, he also sucker-punched Ruben Patterson during practice when coming to the defense of Quintel Woods. What a guy to come to the defense of, by the way. I think Quintel... Is actually playing in China right now. Please look that up and confirm it, but I'm pretty sure Quintel Woods is actually playing in China. And so he he sucker punched Ruben Patterson, broke his eye socket, and then hid out at Dale Davis's house because he feared Patterson would retaliate. I, I, I actually quotes out there possibly shoot him. <laughs> he would turn his life around, though. I, I just thought that that was worth mentioning at the time in Rip City and all those memories. Uh, he did average 18 to 23 points a game in the years that he started in Rip City and eventually was traded to the New York Knicks for Channing Frye, actually along with Dan Dickow and former Duck Fred Jones. He then enjoyed a very successful career in Memphis, finally playing in Sacramento. So, Zebo, Zach Randolph, enjoy the next phase of your life and that $200 million in career earnings before taxes, of course. All right, that is going to be a wrap on episode one of Believe in Trailblazers on the Believe in Podcast Network. If you have any burning questions about the Blazers you want answered or think I'm crazy, hit me up on Twitter, on the air, Jordan with an O. This show is available 
wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn as well. You can also find the show at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com and Believe Podcasts on Twitter. Hope you enjoyed the very first episode of the podcast. We're going to have new shows every week and bonus content that's going to include some of the biggest names in the world of the Blazers and the NBA and and sports in general. We're just going to have a lot of fun talking Blazers and the NBA and beyond here on Believe in Trailblazers. That's all for now, Portland fans. I'm Jordan Schultz, and I'll talk to you next week. Rip City, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.